Does everybody know what time it is? It's time to bask in the glory of finishing your hot rod at long last, and then confront the bottomless terror of no longer having purpose in your life. That's right, it's grunt work. Is it worth it? Just grunt work it. Put my thing down, flip it, and reverse it. <laughs> Welcome to Grunt Work, <laughs> the only podcast about the TV show Home Improvement voted best hair. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm so, I, were we also voted most likely to be president of Home Improvement? <laughs> I guess so. Oh, wow. um, I'm your host, Landon Checkered Flag Solano, joined always by my co-host, Truman. I forgot to write nicknames, Caps. Oh, wait, are you implying that I forget to write nicknames? Because I take that very personally. No one will ever know. Oh, wow. Except me. Also, not only are you the checkered, fla- uh, the checkered flag man, you're also the checkered shirt man right now. That's right, yes. I'm wearing my uh, closest Al Borland flannel. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, as though Al Borland has his own brand of flannel. <laughs> that is a missed opportunity. I honestly think Richard Karn could open up like a boutique flannel line that yeah. would really appeal to hipsters, especially I'm... like bear hipsters. Oh yes, yes. I you mean you mean bears that have come down to look for salmon, but then they're like, yeah, they really don't want to. They really don't want to look for salmon. Yeah. They just want to have the salmon delivered to them by a service and like stay in their parents' cave for some time. Either that, or you know, this salmon would be really better if it was pickled uh, and in a mason jar. Yes, let me twirl my handlebar mustache. Other things that are hipsters. If the <laughs> if the salmon was mashed up on some toast. <laughs> And then, and then, and then these bear millennials are spending so much money. These bear hipsters are spending so much money. Bear hipster millennials are spending so much money on their salmon toast that then they can't afford to buy caves of their own. And so we can blame that them for that, and not any other economic factors. Exactly. Yes. Landon, <laughs> it's good to be here again. Truman, it's good to see you again. It's been a quiet week in Lake Wobegon, my hometown. Um, <laughs> not not really into prairie home companion jokes. I guess that's not gonna fly. <laughs> Uh, it's probably the one Robert Altman movie I haven't seen, so oh, okay. I wouldn't okay. have gotten it. This is a little-known fact. It was also a very popular, and by popular, I mean popular with my parents and basically people in their age group radio show for many years. Oh, that makes yes. sense. Before it was a disappointing Altman movie at the end of his career. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think we're off to a great start just, just shitting on Robert Altman. <laughs> Uh, we watched some home improvement today. We did, and I, I have a quick note uh, yes. about us watching it. Yeah, um, we so we kind of alternate between the DVD and um, Hulu, and you know various ways of watching the show. I Laser mean, we... discs, VHSs, <laughs> the occasional Rogue Betamax, time travel. We go back and watch the original broadcasts, cave it's... paintings. <laughs> we act them out for each other. Um, but we were watching it on Hulu tonight, and I noticed that. It's a bit of a different transfer from the DVD. The DVD tends to be interlaced a little bit mm. uh, in that it's interlacing being like it's a little not jittery so much, but you can tell the, the kind of lines between each of the, the pixels. This just felt very like they put on a, a smoothing filter. <laughs> It, it, was, it was a little more velvety. Do you have motion blur on on your TV? Is that, <laughs> I, I is that don't, the thing? no. Carmen uh, Finiestra kicking down the door like, this which, is not how it was meant to be seen! <laughs> I would throw anyone out of my apartment that has that. Uh, yeah, you know, it certainly looked better. Or maybe they just maybe they just shot this on IMAX cameras or something because it was... <laughs> 
the end of the season. Because <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, there is a. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what Landon. <laughs> uh, the first, the first, slowly. By the way, as this podcast continues, you may know me as the Cheers and Fraser guy, but now that King of the Hill is on Hulu, I'm very going to very slowly transition into the King of the Hill guy. <laughs> uh, you've already become the Muppet Baby guy, so I mean, I, you, you're all over the board with your sitcoms. I'm so many guys. I'm so many different types of conflicting guy. Um, <laughs> and yet I couldn't come up with a single nickname for you. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, it's the, it's the Atelier Huat Man. Uh, but I tell you what, uh, this episode, they do a remote segment where they're actually off of the stage and out in the open. Yeah, on location. And compared to the previous on location bits they've done, this one had some real production value to it. They had a crane shot, mm-hmm. everything looked better, and so I'll just, I, maybe, maybe... Maybe they were born with it. Maybe it's Hulu. I don't know. <laughs> no, I would say that uh, if I had to guess, um, you know, they're shooting on location, which means they're probably not um, stuck. You know, they're probably using film cameras and or even could be a video camera, but they're certainly not those like three camera rigs that are on, you know, kind of push dollies. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're kind of more open to, you know, I know that uh, one of the first shots of the location shot was kind of a low angle up on Heidi's um, you know, uh, posterior yeah, area. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> the nega ass. Um, <laughs> they, those legs go up into something and into they, this shot. They go, they go all the way up and then are lost to human knowledge forever. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it was. Um, it was an episode that we watched. It was yeah. really well. Also, let's just you know, let's just say it. This is the last episode of this season. Yeah, of season three, and I'd say that going into it, we were having some feels because we know for a fact. Like, in the past, we've thought, okay, this is the last time we're going to see these opening credits that we've been watching for however many seasons. We know, by which I mean, you told me, and I took it as gospel because (laughs) I do zero research for this show. You told me that there will be no more of the same opening credits. And we were a little verklempt going in, and now I'm honestly just excited to to see some new, to see a new opening credits. Okay, so you're, you're saying very, very little nostalgia. Fuck the past. Let's just keep trucking toward the future I, with an eye on, eye on the brass ring. Yeah, yes, that actually I have, that is exactly what it says on the bumper sticker that I paste <laughs> on the back of every bus I ride. It, you have to be, and, and then at the bottom it says, if you, if you are close enough that you can read all this, you're tailgating me too now, much. Now, are these decals that you can peel off and put on any bus, or are they, you just like stockpile bumper stickers that they then have to get a razor and have to scrape off every time uh, that they end their their little route. Yes, that is that, that second one is correct. It okay. is extremely extremely expensive for me, but I have my beliefs are so strongly held. I'm not going to let the fact that I don't have a car anymore <laughs> get between me and my ability to pollute the entire freeway with my opinions. <laughs> <laughs> however however crotchety and detailed and very specific they may be i would imagine having an uber driver that you could just have a vessel in which you can pour all your opinions into uh, well no but that's the thing about uber drivers is that they tend to be quicker on the draw and then i am the vessel and they oh, pour God. all of their opinions Fair. into me or more more often all of all of their uh all of their demo cds into me <laughs> Uh, well, I, th- I feel like we're kicking around a little bit here because this was a pretty non-existent episode of Grunt Work, but or of, of Home Improvement and well, Grunt Work. Well, hey, I mean, the, the Grunt Work, up. Uh, yeah, already we're kind of a non-existent episode here. <laughs> Ro- Robert Altman should come back from beyond the grave and criticize what we are making right yes. now. Uh, so do you want to, Landon, do you want to explain to us what happened this week on Home Improvement? Uh, I do, and I'm going to do it doing my best impression 
of you. Oh, wait. Yeah, because it's my week to do the synopsis. Landon, do you want to ask me to tell us what happened this week on Home Improvement? No, I still want to do my impression of you doing the synopsis. Okay, I kind of want to, I kind of want to hear it. Yeah, okay, so. and it starts now. Despite Jill's nonstop efforts for the past three years, the library is still somehow $1,000 short on funds. In response, Jill holds a Toolman auction on Tool Time, where Bob Vila makes a surprise appearance, bringing in $700, whereas Tim only goes for 300 when Jill bids on him herself. Emasculated and frustrated at once again being bested by Bob Vila, Tim challenges Vila to a race in their newly completed hot rods. Tim's nerves are frayed as he rushes to get his hot rod running in time for the race, but with a little help and wisdom from Wilson, he's able to complete his hot rod in time after three years of work, and be happy about it, despite losing the race to Bob Vila yet again. Wow, that was amazing! And that's it, that's season three. Uh, I, I just started to pull out my impressions. Oh man, I, that's good. I've been, I've been letting go with my impressions willy-nilly, and they've all sucked, but you've just been, you've been sitting on that when <laughs> exactly. you've listened to so much I don't me. give out my impressions very, very quickly. I don't, I don't just give them over. Yeah. Uh, I save them until they're perfected, and then I hand them over, and thus, uh, you just heard my impression of you. Your, your impressions are like fine wine, and my impressions are like the Fago soda that the Insane Clown Posse sprays their <laughs> audiences with. Whether you want them or not, you're going to be covered in them, and you even if you did want them before, you will regret it as soon as it happens. I know we're already running over ten minutes into this episode, but I have an ICP story that I have to tell. Get, tell it to me. Uh, it, you are from Michigan. I kind obviously of Obviously growing up, yeah. Uh, were they your neighbors? I was not a juggalo, but I did listen to a few of their uh, their albums at a specific point in my life. You're juggalo adjacent. <laughs> That's a good way to put it, yes. Um, I was on a date with my girlfriend uh, mm-hmm. at the time at a TGI Fridays. Oh, yes. We're <laughs> reaching peak Midwest. We were sitting there probably sharing an Oreo Madness. Uh, who am I kidding? We had our each separate ones. <laughs> and um, in walks in Shaggy 2 Dope and Violent J. Sans makeup. Oh my, it's like seeing Kiss without their it makeup. Was, Except it definitely worse. <laughs> and they just walked up, and uh, I think a few of their posse was with them. Um, and they just sat at the TGI Fridays bar and drank and had their food up there. And it was a weird pedestrian sight to see. That would have tanked their career if their totally extreme fans knew that they went to TGI Fridays. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I mean, only in that TGI Fridays does not sell Fago. Yeah, I mean, it, like for ones, they're kind of betraying their own image. I guess it was. It would be either that, but then when they turn out to be secret Christians, it kind of makes yeah. sense all along. <laughs> right. That this maybe you had actually had a glimpse into what they were hiding from their fan base yeah, for all perhaps. that time. I mean, I think that's a great ICP story to have. Mm-hmm. I would prefer it if they had been your neighbors. <laughs> And if you had gone out in the backyard and you just see the top half of a clown-painted ICP face. Uh, I wouldn't because growing up, my my childhood home was surrounded by forest instead of a fence. So seeing two makeup juggalos uh, in the woods behind my house would have scared the shit out of me. You would have seen it and been like, whoa, clowns in the woods. This isn't going to be a thing until like 2016. (laughs) And then it suddenly stops being a thing. By the way, and not yeah. not to make us go any longer, just a quick thought. For a while, clowns coming yeah. out of the woods. It was definitely a thing. There was like a yes. clown crisis in this country for like three months. I don't months. think we ever got to the bottom of it, but the last I heard of it 
though it, I, I do believe it was refuted, was that it was shill marketing for Rob Zombie's movie that was coming out. Oh. Uh, which was the one about killer clowns. I can't remember if it was killer 31 or... Uh, yeah. Oh, God. I loved it. Sci-Fi is actually working on a uh, TV series based on killer clowns from outer space. No one, so no one asked I for did. this. No one asked for this. Hey, hey, Sci-Fi I, Channel, how about, how about bringing back Firefly <laughs> fucking finally? Uh, we have gone on a tangent of a tangent of a tangent. Yes. Let's get back to this episode. How'd you feel about it as a season finale? Uh, as a season finale, honestly, I felt pretty good about it. I actually, I felt better about this than the last season's finale. This felt sufficiently mm, just like dramatic to mm-hmm. end the season on. Uh, Tim is... The, the end of the hot, I mean, the beginning of the hot rod. End of building, beginning of driving. This is not, <laughs> this is not, this is the the end of the beginning. As I think Channing Tatum said at the end of Kingsman 2, The Golden Circle. <laughs> or the end of the beginning of the end, as the Smashing Punkman said on the Batman and Robin soundtrack. <laughs> Very good. I can't take this one any further, so I'm good. just going to segue smoothly into, I think it was... Uh, so I think it was a suitable finale for the season. I think that there was certainly more budget and production value put into it. Yeah, and certainly didn't go into the story. Uh, no, no. <laughs> and Tim, Tim is an ass. Yeah, uh, a bunch up front, but he actually ends on a pseudo mature note that I actually kind of liked. What did you think of this episode? Um, I, you know, I wish they had gone in a different direction with the unveiling of the hot rod. Yes, I feel like. They they give it a scene of kind of nostalgia and, and like, a heartfelt moment, but I don't like the shell that it comes in that he's finishing it under the guise of needing to get it done for a competition for Bob yeah. Vila. feels like it, it robbed me of an emotional note that I wanted and yeah. instead brought it through with a gimmick. Yeah. Um, come on, I mean, come on, Tim. Finish the hot rod for you. <laughs> It's not about Bob. <laughs> right. Which, you know, he does it. You know, they end, as you said, on a on a pretty good note, on a pretty mature note. But um, I don't know. I just, as a season finale, I wanted more going on. And I, it just felt very contrived and felt a little bit like it went out on a whimper. It didn't bother me. I mean, it wasn't a problematic episode. I mean, he certainly was a dick at times. But compared to what else we've suffered through this season, which I say, you know, with a grain of salt, but. Um, now, now it's a seasoning finale if you <laughs> add a grain of salt to it um i don't know that's that's how i i feel about it well do kind we, of blase okay okay do we want to just do you want to just just jump into this blase episode and and run through what's there or actually do you want to i want you to guess what the title of this is okay here's what i'm thinking here's some ideas one hacky racers like not wacky racers, but because Tim makes hacky jokes, and well, I don't know racer. what a wacky racer is. There was an animated series called Wacky Racers, and the say it was a Hanna, Hanna Barbera, I think, cartoon, oh, really, or, or something of that ilk. Okay, I, I'm yeah. unfamiliar. L- look it up, kids. You'll have a great time. Second, <laughs> auction action. Ooh, okay. It's kind of kind of my new. It's not as good as a fracas with maracas, yeah. but it's it's close. I would have liked Auction Jackson. Oh, damn it! That would have been good. Okay, that's my guess. <laughs> um, three. Bob's Big Toy, which, as I say it out loud, sounds kind of like I'm talking about Bob Vila's dick. I mean his hot rod, because it is <laughs> that, a large toy. Hot rod. Bob Vila's hot rod also kind of <laughs> sounds the same. So that's the all of these unauthorized <laughs> porno parodies of this old house. Um, let's see, Hot Bob. Wow, actually, these are all getting really porny. Um, Vila Driver, like Baby Driver, but Vila. Truman, why did you put that down? That doesn't make any sense. But the last one, uh-huh. which, which I think is good, I actually, I, 
listen, folks, I thought all these other ones were hot bullshit, but I still wasted your time with them. But this one, this one is good. Okay, hit us with it. Veni, Vidi, Vila. Damn, I love that. Thank you. That's the name of the episode. It's officially retconned. That's the name here forward. It is law. Gavel pound that I'm not going to do because it would fuck up the recording. (laughs) Refer to Jill in this episode. Yes. The actual title of this... Do you want a hint, or do you, do you want yeah, to Yeah, yeah, hit me it? with a hint. One hint. Uh, do you remember the name of the season two finale? The Great Race. Mm-hmm. The Great Racists. <laughs> Sorry. I the, great, the Great Race 2? Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> okay, guys, listen. When you do a sequel name, uh-huh. I feel like... I don't know. I feel a little bit like I did when they made the sequel to Now You See Me, and they called it Now You See Me Too instead of Now You Don't. <laughs> On the other hand, I can't think of a totally obvious sequel name that would be better than this. Um, Yeah, I'm just upset, honestly, because I actually thought about calling it The Great Race 2, and I could have picked <laughs> up another win, and I didn't. Okay, that sucks. Yes. But whatever. Okay, let's go into the deep dive here. Okay. Uh, I've been hesitant, because this... Is uh, out of my uncanny valley. This, we were, look, I got over here and Landon and I sat and we talked for a while and then we're talking about that and just kind of eased into it and we're talking about, oh yeah, end of season three, oh man, okay, yeah, a lot of changes and we're really like in a good zone to do this episode and then we start it and right away we had to stop it. <laughs> it's so aggressive, you know, I've mentioned on here very recently my my utter irrational fear of Harpo Marks coming at me in the middle of the night, just charging at me, um, honking his horn. Uh, take Harpo Marks out of that scenario and place the grunt creep, and you have the opening of this episode. You, we are in the Taylor house, and the first effing thing we see is the grunt creep with his meaty baby arms and legs. Just like kind of... Oh, God, it's the worst sound. As his little feet are pattering on the tile of the kitchen. The, the pitter-patter of little feet, of little creeps. And, yeah, it, it just comes running at the camera, pumping its baby arms, pumping its baby legs, jumps at the camera, sticks to it, and slides down like that executive who tries to jump out the window in the Hudsucker proxy. <laughs> and it's just... You know, I have to concede a point here. Earlier this season, it may have been even last season, you had... Um, you had expressed a fear that a grunt creep, if it was unleashed in the real world, might lunge for your throat. And I said, nay, the grunt creep is just a misunderstood monster. I concede a little bit. That thing yeah. was aiming for the jugular. Yeah, it was, uh, or the juggalo, as it was. <laughs> uh, it, it knew your past with the with the clowns and it wanted to, <laughs> wanted to hang. Uh, yeah, I think... It's like the scene in the movie where they're looking at the alien through the glass. It's like in Independence Day when then the alien slams up into the glass. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah. I hated it. Yeah. Uh, I didn't like it either. Uh, and my notes are just, uh, in all caps, who asked for this? <laughs> who asked for this, guys? Like, I really want to know whose idea was it pitching around like, hey, the logo, it's not enough that it does stuff. Let's give it arms and legs. Let's give it human arms and legs. <laughs> I don't I don't know, and it makes me afraid of what we have in the future because we have more 
seasons to go than we have covered. So, you know, we're not yes. even halfway yet. Oh, There's don't a say that, man. huge trajectory of where oh, this character can go. God, I don't know, man. Maybe they'll just start showing loads of restraint. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe the next season, the opening credits will just be like light jazz playing and they trace the outline of the Detroit skyline. Aww. Yeah, it's just like nice. home improvement. <laughs> um, I hope uh, it's 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 my... Hope that the grunt creep is just in a rambunctious phase of his life right now, and soon he'll settle down and meet a nice little grunt creepette, and that that'll even him out. That'll smooth off the rough edges, and he'll settle down, have some baby grunt creeps, and you know the cycle continues. I'm really upset that you are just foisting this heteronormative lifestyle on the grunt creep. Maybe it wants to meet another grunt creep, and maybe they want to adopt That's a smaller fair. grunt creep. But uh, to clarify, uh, when I say grunt creepette, that doesn't necessarily negate a grunt creep having transitioned. Okay, so, okay, you know what? All right. Tim comes in from the garage to the kitchen where Jill is at the dining room table just pouring over receipts because this library fundraiser never fucking ends. It's like a joke now. It's like, like, I don't even know what material have we not done about yeah. the library fundraiser and it being ongoing. We've done bits about how well-funded the libraries in Hamtramck are. We've done <laughs> jokes about how the library fundraiser is year-round. Yeah. I, I mean, is it, have we joked about the fact that the, the library fundraiser lives on inside all of us? <laughs> we haven't. No, not yet. The library fundraiser is the laughter of children. <laughs> The, li- the library fundraiser when you when it is when you when you look out at the first f- freshly fallen snow of the winter and the sun is gleaming off it in the morning that is the library fundraiser i think the library fundraiser is the darkness that consumes us all okay. it is the dark pit of our souls it is the the underbelly uh, grimy stuff that you find in the corner of your shower if you don't spray uh, often enough. I think, you see, what my tribe believes is that the darkness is the lack of funding for the library and the light is the library fundraiser. And like yin and yang, the uh-huh. two, their their eternal stalemate brings order and balance <laughs> to the universe. That, 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 it, that, that central tension between the library not having enough money and Jill Taylor doing... Like, just dedicating every fiber for being to getting money for the library. She is like a cosmic being holding the universe together uh, by by pulling these two polar opposites together. In this episode, it plays a different function. It plays the role of a MacGuffin. The, the library fundraiser has always been a MacGuffin. It's always been <laughs> but, a device. Except for the one episode where they actually go and she's giving the speech. And even then, it's just an excuse for Tim to get a shitty picture of Jill in that episode. But those episodes end up being about the fundraiser, at least about Jill dealing with the fundraiser. True. This one, the fundraiser is the the catalyst to get us into the Bob Vila story. Yeah, which certainly comes out of left field, like everything on this show. Nothing on this show comes out of right field or center <laughs> field. Nothing comes right over the plate. Well, and and also what she so she's saying, oh my gosh, I've still got a thousand dollars. I've got to raise for the library fundraiser. Oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? If I could just reach this fundraising goal, I'd be out of the fundraising game forever. One last heist. Exactly. <laughs> One last. Like, wh- how? How do we know this? Because Jill, many times you've told us, "Oh, I can't wait to get the fundraiser done for the year, and then it'll, I won't have to think about it for another year." And then, like three episodes later, you're thinking about the fundraiser. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, I'm going to throw this at you. Maybe the library has an initiative, a fundraising initiative, uh, that is state 
funded, that wouldn't make sense. Well, libraries are state funded. Maybe it's it, the state has agreed whatever you raise will match. Mm-hmm. And this initiative is only only lasts for two or three years. And so there, she's at the tail end of this year-long initiative to fundraise money, and she's only down to $1,000. If And it's like a Kickstarter campaign. She has to get that $1,000 or she loses it all, and it starts all over again. Okay, so it's just, it's one of those, it's one of those government grant-writing programs that's actually a weird Byzantine test of your of your skills or <laughs> yeah. something. Prove prove your worth. Like, we're gonna cut the funding to this thing unless you bring up this much money, and if you do, you'll continue to get your funding. Okay, well, that, that sounds exactly like every 80s movie where they have to hold, like, a dance competition in order to say <laughs> the community center yeah. so they don't build the new corporate headquarters there. Uh, I will also say it, it was early 2000s a la Stomp the Yard. Stomp the Yard? Is that? No. Save the, save the Last Dance. Nope. No, uh, well, well, what was the dance one with tan, tanning, t- tanning Chatham? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, do you mean Step Up? Step Up. Yeah. No, no. I meant Step Up to the Streets. But not Step Up Revolution. <laughs> no, that one I think that they had saved the community at that point. That was just dancing for dancing's sake. <laughs> <laughs> so at some point... Having successfully stomped the yard, then they're just stepping up for fun. It's like you need yeah. a hobby at that point. Exactly. Once that yard has been thoroughly stomped, is it the yard that they're raising money to save? Perhaps. I haven't seen any of these movies. <laughs> the point is, she needs $1,000 to, 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 for whatever fucking reason, yeah. to end this fundraiser. If she... Okay, so my question to Jill is, if you need $1,000 to get out of the fundraising game, isn't that worth $1,000 to you? I'm glad I wasn't the only one who thought... I was thinking, like, okay, if it's that big an issue... Your husband makes money. Sell, like, sell some of his tools that after he'll dark. he'll just get for free. Yeah. yeah, he'll forget them. Tim says, oh, I give you the $1,000 myself to, to get you to stop complaining about this fundraiser, to hear you stop complaining about it. He says, you're more unbearable than you were in childbirth. Oh, yeah, yeah. Off, like, Tim is, Tim is balls to the wall terrible right off the bat. Yes. And, and Jill says something about, like, oh, I'd like to see how you'd handle having a baby. And Tim goes, oh, I'd be awesome in childbirth. I'd be cracking jokes. Doing the sumo man. Or, like, sumo man. He's, like, doing, like, a Russian Schwarzenegger accent yeah. for a sumo. So, on the one hand, plus for not doing a racist Japanese Godzilla accent. <laughs> uh, but then Fair, he, yeah. And then he also talks about but how... But he's conflating multiple cultures. True, but you Sumo can, with Austrian... Hey, you know what? Take your wins where you can get them with I guess. him, I, I guess. Yeah. He, also, he also opines that he would cut the umbilical cord with the Binford 6100 hedge trimmers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> uh, it's, it's awkward to watch him. Uh, but he ends up giving the suggestion to have a celebrity auction to get her the money. Yeah. On yeah. Tool Time. Yes. Which is something I feel like the last library fundraiser that came up were like, why? Tim has this huge show. Why not just use that? Yeah, you know, we did discuss that. I remember yeah. it because the last library fundraiser was like four episodes ago. <laughs> uh, do you think that maybe they were like, okay, guys, we're going to shoot the entire series all at once. So let's just shoot a bunch of library fundraiser episodes that we can scatter throughout eight seasons of Home Improvement. And then for some reason, they just ran them all in season maybe, three. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> So, you know, Tim promises her that they will make enough money at this to be able to do a turbocharged bookmobile that will be great for speed reading. Yep. And we get a a page-turning... Book book hot rod transition. Book getting run over by an invisible hot rod transition. <laughs> to... I thought the book was the hot rod, and the book was leaving the skid marks on the void. 
I saw it as a car running over a book because it ties into this show's general theme of intellect is a bad thing. I don't really know. It's like looking at a Warshak test. <laughs> uh, we each see our own things. We go into the theme song. I noticed something about the music this time. Oh, did you now? Uh, I noticed you airbanding along with it. <laughs> I was because I was... I realized as I was doing it, I'm like, I'm going to jam along to the last time we hear this. And I'm like, no, we're going to hear the theme again. We're just not going to see these credits. They didn't something from air fluting along next <laughs> I to you. I did see you, and I, you. I felt the synergy going on. That's good. Um, That's what we should call our band, Synergy. <laughs> what I noticed, and I'd read a bit of trivia about this, and so I, I knew to an extent that uh, Dan Foliart used actual tools in the theme song. Mm -hmm. um, I always just assumed it was like him shaking a, a thing of nails for the like percussion, for like mm -hmm. the hi-hats. Um, I didn't notice until this very time watching it, the jackhammer. There's a jackhammer that... So the the theme song kind of goes in three stages. Mm -hmm. There's the, the like little opening, oh. then the first guitar riff comes in, yeah. and then it really gets going yeah, into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they bring it home. It's in that third section... That a jackhammer starts playing. Wow. How about that? How about that? I, I, I feel just bad that I still have not noticed this. I really... <laughs> don't. I, the fugue state that you... This is what I love. You, you don't pay attention to the Wilson scenes. There's a number of scenes on this show where you just are openly like, I don't pay attention. But the thing that is the, the same every time... That that you tune in very closely to and are learning things about that I don't know. We have our own talents. What can I say? I certainly we do. There, we, we have, yeah, we're each strong when the other one is weak. We cut from the theme song to Tool Time, uh, where uh, it's just beginning, and Tim and Al walk out talking about this uh, auction that's going to be happening. Not only does Tim not do a cruel nickname for Al, Al gets a huge round of applause separate from Tim's, and Tim... Looks upset and hurt, but doesn't say anything about it, which is great. Tim suffering in silence. Big That's, fan, big fan. I didn't see that. And uh, Okay, because you were too busy thinking about the thing we'd already watched a million times. But here's the thing. Later in this episode, Mark does the same thing to Brad, and it's kind of an – it's not given – it happens in the background, and I think that's an interesting parallel. Uh, interest, everyone is everyone is kind of laying down their, their weapons and not fighting anymore <laughs> as the season ends. I guess so. Um, so they're, they're already getting into announcing uh, the celebrity auction, and mm. uh, Jill has a little – I love it when Jill gets some physical comedy. Yeah. Uh, it, she doesn't get that much, I feel like. The last bit that <laughs> I remember that I loved when she was uh, forcing Brad back into the room, forehead <laughs> to forehead, uh, I think that was back during a Jenny episode. Oh so my it was God. a while ago. Yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah, the, the, yeah. And also, this is the first time she's, like, I know she's, they've shown her on Tool Time as like, my wife is here and my kids or whatever. Yeah. Reach out and teach somebody. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Well, really? Was she actually on? Oh, yeah, she's yeah, one yeah. of the three girls with Greta right. Post and uh, Janet Dubois. Yes, man, you're you know you 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 say that we have started to forget things from the show, but you're <laughs> you're you're holding on to a lot of this knowledge. I just have to go into my mind palace, and then I can open up those doors. Oh, of course, of course. Uh, so so you're, so you're like you're like Sherlock Holmes, but only for the show Home Improvement. You're <laughs> Holmes Improvement, really, <laughs> exactly. Which is also the name of a show where they take porn actor John Holmes and help him kick heroin and be a better husband to his wife. Through Habitat, through humanity. For humanity. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> habitat for Holmes-manity. Um, which is for the manatee version of John Holmes. Okay, we're done. Let's keep going. 
<laughs> Let's finish strong on this season. Uh, so the the little physical comedy that Jill gets here is uh, Tim starts to announce the auction and he, he goes into kind of a long-winded introduction and she misses her cue and like almost comes out too early and then has to duck behind the, the bay doors. I thought it was kind of fun. I, I know. I really liked it a lot. And yeah, and, and then comes out and uh, they introduce her. He introduces her as Jill the Tool Wife Taylor. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they also they explain in this, crucially, that proceeds from this dude auction will go to the Detroit Public Library. All this time we've been assuming it's Hamtramck, but she is raising funds hmm. for, I guess, I don't... I, that's pretty big. Yeah. It's the Detroit It's probably in the Library. same county. So it would be, wouldn't that, isn't that how, um, uh, you know, well, districts, it, libraries are, uh, what are they called? Uh, what uh, uh, established uh, by district, aren't they? I, I I guess, or by county. I mean, wouldn't wouldn't it be the Wayne County Library? Well, you would then? have multiple libraries in a county. Yes, I mean, I have three libraries that I can walk to here, but they're oh, all in check different... out Landon. It is nice rest. It is a nice neighborhood <laughs> full of so many libraries. Well, but they're all in up. different districts because we live in a fucked up uh, situation. Yeah, exactly. Here in Los Angeles, I don't know. Look, listeners, I know that you are riveted by our discussions of how uh, libraries are apportioned by uh, <laughs> uh, local, county, and state government. If you've got any opinions on how libraries work where you're from, please write into us. <laughs> write in Gruntwork Studios, courtesy of Tool Talk. I'm International, <laughs> Al Borland Street, P.O. Box, fundraiser land. Um, <laughs> so they're they're talking about the uh, the auction that they're going to auction off Tim, and then Al interjects is like, you know what? And we as a special surprise, we have uh, I've asked a, a a friend of the show, a celebrity in his own right, to come and auction himself off for this fundraiser. Yes, and lo and behold. Lo and behold, we're holding off as if the listeners haven't listened to the first 36 minutes of this podcast. If they haven't, I would have so much respect for our listeners. <laughs> if they had heard the beginning of this, it's like, they're not really going to hit their stride for about 36 minutes. Let's just <laughs> hit the hit the 15 seconds ahead button however many times. Uh, Bob Vila, yeah. in the audience, stands up. So... Tim has been looking right at Bob Vila the yes. whole time. His arch nemesis, who he presumably knows by sight, but he doesn't know he's in the audience. Now, here's the thing. You remember a couple episodes ago on Swing Time with uh, Les. Yes. The, the woman foreman. Yes. Uh, which I'm qualifying only because they did on the show. Yes. Um, I had said that there is a man in the audience who looks like Bob Vila. Bob Vila gets up from the audience in this episode in the same exact chair that I thought he was in. I, 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 it wasn't him in Swing Time, but weird coincidence. But if it was, that would be really cool. Well, I love yeah, I love that idea that they shot them both on the same day, and they just Bob Vila was just so in the zone <laughs> that he couldn't he couldn't stop being yeah. in the audience. Or like, oh shit, we need an audience reaction shot. We don't have anything except for our season finale. So <laughs> if we do it quickly, maybe they won't notice it. it's Bob Vila in the background. Little did they know that two people would dedicate their lives to a frame by frame analysis of this show. <laughs> Little did they know that one of those people doesn't pay attention to the narrative or what people say, but always things in the background. Little did they know that one of the people doesn't really know the names of any of the actors or characters <laughs> on the show. So, yes. So, uh, Vila has been in the audience this entire time. And he comes on down, mm -hmm. and just like Price is Right, and is bantering with the dudes. He mentions that uh, he just completed his own hot rod. Yep. Uh, which he reveals was built by a team of experts 
Funny that you would admit that on TV when so much of your persona is being a handyman. I'm glad you brought that up because I have a question about that very thing, which um, I'm going to save for the end of the episode. Oh, okay. Foreshadowing, guys. Yeah. And, and our audience starts skipping ahead to the end of the episode now. Okay, then the next choose your own adventure. <laughs> if you want to save an hour of your life, go to the end of the podcast. I can't promise it'll be worth it, but... Uh, yeah, interesting. That is interesting. There are a lot of questions about Bob Vila I have in this episode, that being one of them. Yes. Um, unless he, you know, it was like built by charity kids. I don't know. But, but so, so <laughs> that, a sweatshop, but <laughs> yeah, Land, I don't think you understand how charity works. Typically, the disadvantaged children don't give things to the rich guy. It's... Okay, it was Mark that went and built. <laughs> Uh, Bob Vila's hot rod. Because because this is Bob Vila trying to sabotage uh, Tim's hot rod exactly. in advance. Like, hey, Mark, I hear that you're the brains of this operation. <laughs> Bob turns out to be far more petty than Tim ever is. Bob turns out to be Mark's real father. Ooh. Mm. How about that? Yeah, how about that? Hmm. Yeah. Do you think Bob the Builder was named after Bob Vila? I think that alliteration played a role in the naming, but I also wouldn't be shocked if because like maybe maybe other options were like Carl the constructor or Carl the contractor. Uh, let me let me backward engineer this real quick. Bob the builder, outside of his yellow hat, his most distinctive feature is that he has such a bare face. And if you were going to name him after Bob Vila, whose uh, most identifying feature is his beard. You would make the opposite choice as to not be so obvious. Yeah. Yeah. I, you said bare face, and I was like, how do I tie this back to the bare hipster riff? <laughs> Bob the Builder eating that, eating that salmon toast. <sighs> so this is Bob Vila's third appearance on the show. When is he get? He can't keep himself away. I know. Pretty soon he's going to show up in the theme song. <laughs> um, well, you'll notice it, and I won't. So and so, okay. To go back to your point about him saying that he gets his hot rod built by other people. Yeah. Tim gives him a little bit of shit for this, but not to disparage Tim Allen. Tim Allen literally does that now. <laughs> he what? Well, he has hot rods yeah. built by experts, and yeah, exactly. I mean, he does even like these little webisodes about it, like yeah. going to the builder to see the progress of how it's coming along, and that is. That is a little, and again, not to disparage Tim Allen, but it's like, that is a little interesting, like, if you are so much into the gearheadness and the doing of the thing, and if money is presumably no option, and yeah. you have some time on your hands, it's like, it's like if we said, yeah, grunt work, it's this podcast we do, we hire these two voice actors, <laughs> and, uh, and someone to edit it, and all of that. Um, we go, um... They start the the bidding. So he comes down. They waste no time uh, getting down to this auction. And yes. Jill has her little gavel. When she walked out with it, I'm like, what, what's that? Are you just like, hey, we're going to, you know, just to prove to you that I'm, I'm going to have this auction. I've got yeah. this gavel. Yeah. But no, they go right into it, right on tool time. I had no – also weird that the plan initially, according to Tim, was we're going to have this celebrity auction. I'm going to be the only person on the block. Yeah, that was kind of what I was wondering. Like, again, <laughs> where are the producers in this? Like, hey, not only does this have nothing at all. You learn nothing about home improvement from yeah. watching this on Tool Time. But then also, yeah, we're just gonna sh we're just gonna do a celebrity auction for one person. What's the point of even having Jill come down if they're only auctioning off one guy? Yeah, I don't. I mean, especially since it's being syndicated in fucking Texas and Chicago. Yeah, like, what do they care about Tim getting auctioned off? 
for a Detroit library. It's very weird. But it, it is it is strange. So, but thank God Bob Veal is there to make it a horse race, and yeah. what a horse race it is! <laughs> because uh, because they why don't you take the reins on this one? Uh, he gets up there on the block. Jill is behind the podium with her with her gavel, and she starts. Uh, Kind of doing like a cattle auctioneer for Bob Vila, you know. Can I hear this? Can I hear that? I got one hundred. Mm-hmm. I got two hundred. I, I also want to call in the question: the audience clearly doesn't know how to bid. Yeah, because she goes, uh, "Can I start the bidding at one hundred? Great, someone bids, and she goes, "Can I go one twenty-five? And someone goes, two hundred. She's yeah. like, "You're bidding against nobody. Go for one twenty-five. Why are you <laughs> jumping to two hundred? I think the the secret of the success of Tool Time is that the audience is about as smart, if not slightly less smart, than than Tim. <laughs> And we see Fair. that in moments like these, as evidenced by the fact that they come to the show again and again, despite ample evidence that, A, the show isn't very good, and B, <laughs> the audience is often put in danger by Tim's shenanigans. Yeah. So, at one point she says, this is Big Bob Vila, the reason why men like my husband have a job. <laughs> ah, like uh, subtle shade. So, also, and I didn't understand this at first, and it yeah. came through later, and I think I just missed a key detail, um, uh, that... All these men are bidding on Bob Vila, and the show is just treating it like it's normal. And I'm like, wait, wait, this is I thought it was like a bachelor auction. I thought women were present. I, I had a question about what is it that they're auctioning for? Like, I'm just going to, I mean, do they get to spend a day with them? Are they going to come over and do a home improvement on them? Yeah, just do a, do one of those home improvements. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I guess that's what it's got to be, right? They were not very clear about it. Okay. Of so, course, that's not even what this episode's about. Yeah. Also, we're also 43 minutes in, and we're not even to the plot of this episode. I know. And part of that, the, part of that the show gets the blame, and part of that ICP gets the blame. <laughs> I'll also just say one other thing. Why was it not Tim versus Al? I know. Al, I mean, because that would have been a better episode. Al would have made $7,000. <laughs> <laughs> and think of the the conflict that would have come from that that would have been just a better structured episode. Yes. I get I get nothing from Tim's rivalry with Bob Vila. That yeah, does agreed. nothing for me. Tim's rivalry with Al, that's kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Um I do want to make a note about Patricia Richardson. Yes. Um I've never seen her on this show play nervous before. Like she's a little nervous to be in yeah. front of the cameras. Yeah. I, she played that really well. I know, I was thinking like there's layers of subtlety to this. It's like she's not she's not a complete nervous wreck because yeah. that's not the meaning of it, but she in her preparation for the scene, it's like I am not as confident and with it as I normally yeah. am. There's a little bit of that in her. But at the same time, uh, not the character of Jill, but Patricia Richardson also knows she has to play these kind of big, broad comedy moments. It's a very, very uh, nuanced performance. Yes. You know, I think for the first time on this show, we can agree. Patricia Richardson is great at what she does. <laughs> uh, so long story short, except we've already made the story long. Bob Vila uh, gets bid on for $700 and is sold to someone, presumably to do work on their home or work on their genitalia, or I don't, I don't really know. I mean, who knows? It's they've bought him. He belongs yep. to them now. He is their For, property forever. There, yes, he is. He gets, he gets three. He is worth three fifths of a person. Uh, <laughs> so Tim then gets up on the auction block, and he starts mugging like. I, I'm just going to say it like Chevy Chase and the You Can Call Me Al video, just up there doing fake dancing, fake bodybuilder things. Jill is building him up. She says, just remember that this man will do to your house what you see on Tool Time every day. I guess that answers our question. Yeah, I, I suppose he's so. He's going to do something to their house. Yeah, he's going to build a bunch of fuck spots in it. <laughs> and then Al has a really great burn line here where he's like, well, maybe we should auction off some homeowner's insurance first. <laughs> yeah, that'll be helpful when Tim bolts a bunch of propellers to your house and lifts it off. <laughs> And then debates whether to put the kids in the middle. Oh, my God. 
So there's just, uh, and, and so Jill is really trying to drum up some interest from the yeah. crowd. One woman, the same woman who bid $100 to start the bidding on Bob Vila, then bids $100 on Tim. And I'm like, okay, that's positive. Mm-hmm. You know, someone, someone, is cl- this this woman clearly has something she needs done at her house. And she's not too picky about whether the guy doing it is qualified or not. <laughs> uh, she just wants a man in her house. Yeah. Uh, also, just thought of this. You pay $700 for Bob Vila to come to your house. Wh- what if you don't need $700 worth of work done? Like, what if you, <laughs> what if it's a $100 job? Well, because then you get the picture with Bob Vila, and you put that up next to the spackle hole that you had him do. Okay, let me. Okay, let me say this: I Truman Caps yeah. can spackle a hole in a wall, but you don't have a picture of you and Bob Vila to put over that spackled hole. I don't know how to do Photoshop, but I know at least four people <laughs> who could make that happen for me. Uh, Pay me seven hundred dollars. I'll do it for you. <laughs> Well, no, I have to bid on you against the other three people I know who know Photoshop. So they're trying and trying to just drum up the bidding. It's very much like Chris Elliott in Groundhog Day. Yes, yes, absolutely that. Except Chris Elliott isn't mugging nearly as hard up there on stage (laughs) as Tim is. Also, thank you for referencing Chris Elliott in that scene in Groundhog Day because I was thinking of that during this scene. Um so finally, like no one is, no one wants to bid on Tim. No one wants to bid on Tim. Finally, Jill pretends like someone said two hundred dollars. She ratchets up the bidding, and then finally, she just bids three hundred dollars on Tim and sold to me for three hundred dollars. <laughs> so as I teased earlier, yeah. why not just fucking like if you had you're already putting your money into it? Yeah, if you had the three hundred dollars. To, to burn, why not just put in $300 and it's, oh, I only need $700 for the library. And here's the, here's the additional thing, because it goes, well, we're going into the next scene in a minute. Um, and Tim laments that, you know, he lost uh, by $400 to Bob Vila. Yeah. In reality, only one person bid $100. Tim faked hearing someone call out 200 and then Jill called out 300 so really he lost to Bob Vila by 600 yeah the, the the they employ some really tricky math to preserve some semblance of Tim's self-esteem in this episode <laughs> uh yeah it, the yeah the number the numbers there don't add up uh it they, they basically is it embezzling i don't really know <laughs> only if it's going back in their pocket yeah the library quote unquote is actually jill's purse <laughs> yeah yeah oh, jill has raised uh, jill has raised millions of dollars for the library but the library actually didn't need any funding at all <laughs> um we get a money transition into the living room where the kids are vegging out watching tv let me tell you this is the funniest scene in the episode <laughs> this is the funniest scene for my money because the three yeah the three boys are sitting yeah. there just staring at the tv Jill walks in and sits down next to him. Yeah. I was having flashbacks to myself as my mom came home from work and I was watching something on TV. Probably Home Improvement. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. It's just it's just like putting a mirror in front of a mirror yeah. and infinity happens. But they ask her, you know, how, how was the auction? And she, she says, oh, it was, it was good. Yeah, Bob Vila, yeah, he sold for a lot of money. Yeah, how about Dad? And, and like, she says, yeah, he... He sold as well. Yeah. yeah. There's just like, and she's not, she's trying to be very oblique with it. Yeah. And there's lots of just long pauses and silences and just shots. Yeah. I took this exact note that it's it's an example of Jonathan Taylor Thomas's impeccable comic timing. Because yeah. he could have just easily thrown the line out, but he lets it, lets the moment stew for a second. As soon as Jill kind of gives this 
wishy-washy answer. He kind yeah. of like evaluates it, but you know, is kind of staring through her he, lies and he, just he, calls bullshit right away. It is a close on Jonathan Taylor Thomas's face, and it's you know, she's yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he did, yeah, your dad did okay, and she's anxious, and it's just Tom, close on his face, just sitting there staring at her, not <laughs> flinching, not moving, and then. I don't know, is it him or is it Brad that says, so dad got his butt kicked, huh? That was JTT. <laughs> and it was, it was just, it was, like, the timing on it was hilarious. Yeah. The use of the big pause and silence was hilarious. Very King of the Hill-esque, if I do say so myself. <laughs> oh, with the with those big pauses, I thought you were going to go with a millennial hipster bear. Oh, <laughs> no. Uh, so then... So then she she's telling them like yeah okay yes he beat him but but don't you dare tell don't tell your father that I told you just play it normal and then Tim comes in and all three boys just turn around and stare at him silently <laughs> and Tim, Tim says like oh what are you looking at huh you just looking at a guy who got his butt kicked by Bob Vila yet again and uh, and Randy just goes well since you broke the ice on that one dad how did it feel. <laughs> It's just they they're starting to really uh hit their stride writing for him and it's oh, it's just it's a thing of magic. I that is something that I look forward to in the coming season. Yeah, Randy agreed. is really going to kick it up a notch. That's a th- yeah. Bam. Well, well, we'll go into that in our season spectacular what we yeah. have to look forward to, but th- there is some interesting things ahead. Yeah. Um but anything else with the scene though? The boys get sent off upstairs. Jill and Tim are talking and basically Tim is just extremely upset. That he can never beat Bob Vila at anything, uh, as per, la- like, he references last year when he lost to him in a, uh, uh, a lawnmower race. Right. Weird that was only a season ago. It feels like so much longer. <laughs> Doesn't it? <laughs> oh, God. Back back before the Grunt Creep could walk. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know what gave us this, but uh, apparently some line led us into a sled transition with Bob Vila's face on it. Uh, he's, he's going, he's rattling through a list of all the things that he could challenge Bob Vila to, to try and beat him at. And he says, what about a bobsled race? Oh no, never mind. They're probably named bobsleds after him. Oh, right. Ching, 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 ching. It's like Jingle Bells music and like there's, there's snow coming down. Now we look at my memory and my brain as if there are big pockets of, uh, of nothingness, but I'm thinking that it's a well-efficient machine and that it just forgets things that are completely irrelevant immediately. I wish that I was protecting my brain the way that you are. You know, it's you go through a traumatic event and you forget a whole lot of it. I think my brain is protecting me. Uh, anyway, we get this bobsled transition to tool time um, where uh, it's, it's after hours-ish. Yeah, it's tool time nights. And again, I'm not sure why Bob Vila and Al, like Tim has been on set and lost the auction, yeah. comes home to bitch to his wife, goes back to the set to <laughs> help clean up. No, I guess it's, it's, I'm assuming it's the next day. Why is Bob Vila there again? He's not because we we've established that Bob and Al uh, have formed a friendship, and they have these little shenanigans whenever he's in. Time. Remember they oh, graffiti the background of yes, uh, yes. the Tool Time set. Right. Who knows what they're getting? I mean, we're the kids when you in have America. Oh, <laughs> two men. Two bearded men in flannel. I mean, you don't want to mess with them when they get together. I picture their first time doing that. Like, it was definitely Bob Vila who approached Al, and it was it was like the scene in Royal Tenenbaums where Gene Hackman takes Ben Stiller's <laughs> kids out, and they, like, tear up New York. Like, they're shoplifting, exactly. they're throwing water balloons at cars, they're running through the crosswalks, they're riding on the garbage truck. It's just that 
but it's Bob Vila and Al. <laughs> and then the night sets, and they're on top of a roof. We're looking at the Detroit cityscape, and Al just cracks open a Miller High Life, hands it over to Bob, and goes, you know what, Bob, I've always been a Bob fan. Uh, and Bob just goes, you know what, I've always been an Al pal. And then they just sit in silence and share a masculine moment. And then they lean their heads together a little closer, and then Bob says, what are we doing? <laughs> Cut to black. Executive producer Vince Gilligan. So... We get back to tool time where, yeah, so Tim and Al and Bob are there and they're talking and I, 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 what even really happens? It's just some bullshit, but it's, so this well, is, I, I, this is where the, the whole episode goes off the rails. You know, we, we've completely abandoned the library fundraiser. Yeah. It goes, I mean, that is at this point done. She's got her thousand dollars. The funds and, have been raised. Yeah. Um, this is, that's where this becomes a MacGuffin in that. The only thing that's left is Bob and his hot rod, which, you know, were introduced through the fundraiser, and Al coming in, and Tim is just upset about it, and he rechannels losing in the auction to the hot rod contest. Yes. And, or, into the hot rods, which he then challenges Bob to a, a race with. Yeah, something, you know, Bob says, oh, I've got to leave, I've got to get my new hot rod to Gross Point by 10 o'clock, and Tim says, oh, it's 9.35, you're never going to make it to Gross Point by then, and... Bob says, uh, oh, well, it's not your hot rod. Of course I can, or something like that. Bob is saltier in this episode. And the <laughs> yes. other ones, it's always been like, why is Tim so upset with Bob Vila all the time? Bob Vila is just like kind of this friendly, neutral character, not unlike Al, really. Yeah. Uh, but now now he's actually kind of a dick. Well, I mean, wouldn't you act that way if Tim acted toward you the way that he has in the last two episodes that he's appeared on? I suppose that's true. And look, I like it. Honestly, I like it better if Bob Vila's character in this is that he is a total uh, uh, home improvement TV show diva who is like the big time celebrity. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, like if, if he's you're missing tyrant. the sympathetic underdog that should be Tim instead you're left with a you know uh asshole with hubris yeah yeah and and when it's asshole with hubris against another asshole with hubris it's you know whoever wins we lose <laughs> unless they destroy each other and then everybody wins true true that was one option that the promotional campaign for aliens versus predator never con considered <laughs> like if both lose we win yeah that where was that tagline well they did it in freddy versus jason oh okay um anyway we get a as they they agree to this uh hot rod challenge a la the great race one um, we get a, I don't know if it was an intentional, like, visual pun or not, but we get a smackdown transition. There's a hand that comes and smacks the screen out of the way. <laughs> yeah, this, this, this scene has been so defiant and just so rude that you just gotta smack it to get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> and we go to the garage where the kids are helping, uh, Tim finish up the hot rod because, uh-oh, he has... Um, agreed to this challenge before the hot rod's even finished. Oh my god, who who would do something like that except for Tim Taylor? <laughs> uh, so, oh, well, and let, let's also say he challenges him to this race of the hot rods at the airfield, and then he says, yeah. and we'll tape it for tool time, too, tomorrow, because that's how production works. You just decide to do a remote segment for your show, and it all just comes together. Well, you know, we haven't seen Maureen in a while. Mr. Binford's gone. Tim seems to have Wes under his thumb, in a way. So maybe... He, uh, he has had Maureen killed and has retaken the position of producer of the show. I like to think that, that Maureen maybe has been, like, absorbed into some kind of super producing computer, so she's <laughs> able to just coordinate all of this she's, instantly. Like to... that uh, Johnny Depp movie Transcendence. <laughs> yes, I, I guess, exactly like that. She has she has Johnny Depped into a computer. She is now Hell 2000. <laughs>
Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tim. I can't approve that voucher. Daisy, Daisy. Uh, the car won't start, and that's uh, annoying to Tim. Yes. Uh, yeah, that usually is a problem when you're about to have a race with Bob Vila and your car won't start. So... You know, he and the boys are trying to fix it. They can't, like, Tim is saying, like, oh, yeah, let's get this baby started and see how it goes. He's so excited. He's having him check the oil, and, oh, it's so clean in there. And then he turns the key, and nothing happens. And Jill comes in and says, how's it going? And Randy's sitting there and says, oh, Dad's just taking a ride in his hot rod. Dad, slow down so Mom can get in. <laughs> he has some really great lines here. There there are a bunch of Randy dunks in a row yeah. to the point that Tim tells him to shut up. And then Jill is like, Tim? And Tim goes, well, he's, he's dissing my car. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the father becomes the son. Yes, yeah. truly. Well, it's been that way for a long time with Randy. I mean, Tim is being a, a little pissy kid himself in this scene. Yeah, he's also being a bitch to Jill. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, this scene was kind of interesting because uh, she tells the kids to go get ready for bed. And, you know, it's 10 p.m. They have to go sleep. And uh, Tim, you know, she, she recognizes that Tim's a little in whatever. And she goes, oh, I, you seem like you're a little on edge tonight. And Tim just starts kind of blowing up in a way that is, on the surface, very offensive, to, in my mind, to how he's treating Jill. Yes. But at the same time, it feels very real for some reason. All of a sudden, Tim's like, I don't know, it works for me. It happened a couple episodes ago during swing time where he gets pissy with somebody, but it's coming from a place of frustration in a way that feels real rather than him just being indignant. Mm-hmm. Um, that 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 works for me. Uh, so it didn't bother me the the things he's saying and the because he's like showing some emotion in the capacity that he can. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, tr- to be true, he and also that Jill understands it. She's, yeah. She understands. I I guess this is true. I have less problem with Tim being mean to Jill here because he is in an emotional state as opposed to like the beginning of the episode where he's just saying all these shitty things offhand like it's just normal. So. Right. Here, at least, he's got a reason for it. She also, he explains that he's so upset because he told, you know, he, he challenged him to the race before finishing the hot rod. And she goes, well, why did you tell him your hot rod was already finished? And he says, why does sauerkraut go through me like a laser? <laughs> weird. Weird. Weird weird <laughs> thing for sauerkraut to do and also weird thing to talk about. Yes. Um. So, you know, she asks what she can do to help. And Tim says, well, you, okay, get, go get my hammer. And she says, okay. And then take four nails and go to Bob Vila's hotel and put all those nails through the wheels of his car. <laughs> and then we get a nail deflating the scene transition. <laughs> Which was interesting. And uh, we cut to the garage later. After dark. <laughs> Except it's still after dark. Uh, and Wilson now is there. Uh, weird, we get our first Wilson advice scene yes. outside of the backyard. True, yes. Wilson... Well, I guess, I mean... In terms of the the proximity of the Taylor house, he yeah. was, you know, uh, baby, it's cold outside and um, real, real men. Yes, yes. He was in other locations. Yes. So I, I'm just backtracking and justifying my own comment here. That's fine, man. I consider it justified. <laughs> Starring Timothy Oliphant. So uh, Wilson is underneath the car on the rollerboard skateboard thing that uh, the same one. Probably that Tim and Jill. You've had two seasons to learn the name of this thing. Why? Why would I learn it? I had I had twelve years to learn basic math, and I didn't. I've also had three seasons to learn the names You're of the three years boys. Twelve years old right now? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I know. That's why. That's why I don't know anything about uh, what the internet was like in the nineties. Oh. Uh, but he comes out on the roller skateboard thing that Tim and Jill have had sex on in the past. And, That's right, uh, and is is he's got his face partially hidden behind the car. Yeah, 
and uh you know they're t- tim is complaining to wilson about this uh, jam that he's gotten himself into and wilson is saying like well it seems like you didn't really think that hard before you challenged him to the race yeah Tim says a line that I think is pretty funny. He says, well, how would you feel if you were in an auction and some other neighbor behind a fence made $400 more than you? <laughs> and I like Wilson's response, which is, well, I think I would be Heidi Hurt. <laughs> you know what? I don't think... Okay, I'm predicting a joke that's going to happen at some point in the show. Yeah. The the tool girl is named Heidi. Ooh. Yeah. Do with that what you will. But they're making Wilson's Heidi blank a thing. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe... I, it's okay. Here's my prediction. Yeah. Karnak the Magnificent putting the, the envelope <laughs> to my head. Uh, Wild. Wilson walks up to Heidi whenever he meets her and goes, Heidi ho, Heidi. That's what I think. Heidi, Heidi, Heidi ho. Ah, okay. Okay. I'll take that one too. That doesn't make any sense, but there's he, a lot of Heidi's in it. He says, Heidi, 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 hi. <laughs> which is a reference to the song Minnie the Moocher. So, <laughs> um... What a topical joke I just made. Cab Calloway, 2018. <laughs> so, uh, but Wilson gives him one good piece of advice about it. He says that if you believe in yourself, you've already won. He gives a lot of fortune cookie advice. I mean, it's. I feel like at this point, Wilson is just like, mindful, after he saw the episode in which Tim, you know, with his own eyes, saw Tim butcher his own advice. He's like, why am I trying so hard? Yeah. I just, you know... Fortune cookies from last night's Chinese takeout. I'll just use that and force it into the next conversation Tim has with me. In season four or five, Tim's going to go out there with some problem about his marriage. And Wilson's just going to say, Lorem Epsom Dolor Nesmet. <laughs> and Tim's going to go back in, going to save the day. He's going to like, yeah, I learned it for you. It was this, uh, this old-timey Roman philosopher named Lorem Ipsum, and he dollared some Nesmets. <laughs> uh, so... Anyway, so Tim learns this lesson from Wilson. He gets this help from Wilson. And the next, it, we cut to the next morning where Tim has dragged everyone out of bed at 5 a.m. to come down and look at his brand new car. Well, I do want to, there are two, the other two pieces of fortune cookie oh, okay. thing, just because they come into play, yeah. is uh, he says, well, when a foot compares itself to a yard, it always comes up short. And followed really quickly by, if you believe in yourself, you've already won. Ah, yes, yes. and And then... And then on the flip side, 18, 9, 26, 3, <laughs> 15, 77. You're of the dog. Yeah. And uh, Tim Tim plays those numbers and does not win the lottery. <laughs> uh, so we get um, no transition here, I don't think. We go from the garage to the garage in the middle of the night. Uh, because the, t- the kids had said, you know, if you get the thing to work, wake us up. Yeah, what's f- I think it's 5 a.m. at this point. Joel oh, is it? So it's like yeah. early morning. Yes, yes. Tim's, Tim, it's pre-coffee creamer. Uh, coffee out of a cow creamer. Yes. Dish. Yes. Oh, God. My brain doesn't work there. Um, <laughs> anyway, he's ready to unveil the hot rod, finally. Yeah. So he shows him the new car, and before unveiling it, he wants to take a second to thank everybody. He thanks, and I thought this was kind of sweet, actually, yeah. that he acknowledges people. He thanks Brad for having been down there helping him more than anyone else. So if something goes wrong tomorrow, it's going to be your fault, <laughs> which he puts across in a funny way. Yeah. He thanks Mark. I mean, he is being kind of a dick to his kids, but in an endearing way. You know, I've been swimming in the water of Tim being a dick to his kids <laughs> for so long. I can't tell when you add a little more. <laughs> and uh, he said, so he says something to Mark because Mark's been helping out. And he says, Randy, you're definitely one of my sons. And... <laughs> Uh, thanks, Jill, somehow, whatever. He yanks yeah. the thing off the car, and ooh, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And he uh, says, okay, let's take it for a spin. 
and the kids all go inside to get their coats with Jill, except Randy. Well, yeah, well, yeah, except Randy. He stays behind because, yes. um, and they ha- they share this like really great scene. Yes, a really yeah, um, where Randy, you know, we we've seen him in the past not share any interest or, or express any interest in pursuing what Tim, you know, is doing. A la yes. the the Mother's Day episode uh, a couple seasons ago. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he isn't paying attention yes. uh, to Tim's interests. And also, like, I think... He pulls a Jill here. He does. The first thing, the, the first one is that, you know, they're, the, the other kids go inside and Randy's just standing there looking at the car and Tim looks at him and is like, what, you, you, you don't think it's cool? You want, you know, uh, you want to go for a ride? Yeah, you don't want to go for a ride? And Randy shakes his head and goes, no, I just want to say I think your car looks cool and I think you're going to beat Bob Vila. And I was like, oh. That was really cool. It was very well acted. It was a moment, and this is a testament to Jonathan Taylor Thomas, that kids that are wise beyond their age annoy the shit out of me in TV and film. Um, But you get a sense that Jonathan Taylor Thomas himself is wise beyond his age. And he's just playing, not necessarily himself, but he's playing the truth of what he can. Yeah. And so I believe it. And because of that, it's just, it's, it was really like, oh man, I wish I had the, the state of mind as a kid to say shit like that to my dad. Yeah. If you, you like, if you could know as a kid, how meaningful those sorts yeah, of things right. are. So I thought that was a really sweet moment between Tim too. and his son. And then, and then a little bit later on, like, a well, he transitions later. that yeah. into, um, flubbing Wilson's philosophy. And it's like, how do you, I, I get when he's citing Greek philosophers and ancient Chinese philosophers how to fuck up their names and the philosoph- you know the yeah. the quotes that he gives you there. How do you fuck up a foot and a yard comes up short? Especially when <laughs> it's like four words. Yeah, and when you're familiar with yards from football, I <laughs> I, I don't know. But so he's doing it intentionally. is yeah. my my guess at this point. But anyway, Randy then I don't know. Randy then starts walking along the front of the car and says something about. Why don't he's talking about the? Do you, did you write down what he said? The engine specifications or something? Um, sixty one hundred hedge clipper. Oh yes, yeah. We got that the sixty one hundred about a, a block. Yeah, a V eight engine. Block. Yeah, with the Hemi supercharged with, uh, oil, oil and, and uh, the antifreeze starter pistols and uh, and uh, uh, whipped cream and non fat uh, hot chocolate. So <laughs> and he says all this, and Tim sits bolt upright and goes. Urgh? And he's says to says to Randy like, "Oh, you're starting to starting to sound like me there." And and Randy goes, "Oh no, oh, we not. don't want that." I, oh yes, we do. And they start grinning at each yeah, other. It was, a little, it was a heartfelt moment. Yeah, I really liked that. Which is a rare thing. So everyone comes back in. They pile into the this in what doesn't look like uh, very. I wouldn't call them. I, I don't know what how far this term encompasses, but. I wouldn't necessarily call them suicide seats, but the the seats that fold back from the back of the car those are rumble seats. Rumble seats is that's that what, what they, they call them? them. Although he does have suicide doors because they open right in the stupid way. Do they? Yeah, yeah, you're right. They, they open do. backwards instead. Of, yeah, they, yeah. They open towards the back of the car. And so suicide them. doors, but not suicide seats. But they have rumble seats. Yes. The suicide seat is the one that faces sideways inside of a car. I used to have one of those in my S10. A su- wait, there's a, si- a sideways facing seat. So I had a, I used to have an, a little S10, which yeah. is the smaller pickup trucks, and you had the the two bucket seats oh, in the front. Oh yeah, I had one kind of fold down seat yeah. that faced sideways. The mo- the least comfortable seat yes. in the world. It's like six inches wide. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember those. Now. I think those are called suicide seats. I want to commit suicide whenever I sit in one. <laughs> it's not built like that. Is 
not even Peter Dinklage could fit in those seats. They are <laughs> they are just a joke. They are like a a miniature museum model of what a seat might be. I su- suicide seats. I am putting you on blast. If you have oh, a problem man. with it, the makers of the S10 come and fight me. Any problem with this whole bit? Right into Gruntwork Studios, care of suicide doors and seats dot com. The bit keeps getting funnier. I hope that we only continue it. <laughs> And go more and more. Uh, so, anyway, anyone, everyone gets in the car. Tim starts the car. The engine comes to life for the first time. Big yeah. cheer. He gently puts on the gas as the crowd goes wild, and he drives the car just straight out into the audience. Yeah. We get we get a shot of something that we, you and I, have been staring at for oh my gosh, almost yes. the entire uh, time we've been doing the show. Yes, um, you had received a gift of a. I, I'm turning my face away yeah. from the microphone for a second. Uh, you've received this gift of a license plate. Uh, what was it for? A birthday or Christmas? Year uh, it was. It was my birthday last year. My girlfriend Kirsty got me a uh, customized Michigan license plate with the words "Tool Time" on it. When she first gave it to me and I wrapped it, I uh, the first thing I read was "Two L Time." Oh, you mean oh the podcast I do? Yes, the podcast. <laughs> but it's this exact. It's this same blue license plate. Yeah. Well, it's the the, the generic Michigan license plate. No, it's the same one, Landon. It's the same one <laughs> this from the show. This is a, a on-screen used prop? Yes, I believe so. I think it's even autographed right. by the manufacturer of the uh, mass-produced uh, tin thing. Actually, this feels... I don't think this is an uh, authentic uh, license plate. It's not street legal? No, I don't think so. It's it's a lot thinner than um, other license plates. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not, I'm very upset about the quality of this gift that for so long I thought was great. <laughs> I do... I mean, I say that having other Michigan license plates in my closet... Uh, I love. Oh, okay. You hold. You hoard your old license plates too. I have my old Oregon license plate up in my bathroom. <laughs> well, I'm I'm uh, a little hesitant to say it because you put vanity plates on blast in the past. Uh, blast from the past, starring <laughs> Brendan Fraser. Yes, Alicia Silverstone. Yes, Dave Foley. Yes. Um. So really, you had all the information about that, and I just knew that it was the name of a movie. Great. <laughs> Christopher Walken. Um. He license plates. Dead. I forget where I was going with that. Anyway, so yeah, they they drive out, and then this transitions us. The car itself is the transition. Oh yeah, yeah, the car, which yeah. is like old school uh, Star Wars wipe almost. Yeah, actually, and it's it's probably one of the least obtrusive transitions yeah, in the it's series. Very rest- restrained, and it takes us to the airfield, which. I'm pretty sure is Burbank Bob Hope International Airport. I've never been to that airport before, and I know it's your almost exclusive airport. It's practically my home, Landon. Wow, you've never been to Bob Hope. It doesn't go anywhere that I need to go. That doesn't matter. Just take a flight to Salt Lake City just so you can fly out of the most convenient (laughs) airport in the world. Leave an hour, leave your house an hour before the flight. The line at security is negligible. I mean, driving to it would negate, the time it takes me to get there would negate the time I save going through it. Yes, also true. Landon, let me tell you, listen, let me make you a sales pitch for living in the San Fernando Valley. (laughs) If you like summer temperatures that are well above 100 degrees and getting to your flight eh, 50 minutes before it takes off, Bob Hope Airport. Uh, So anyway, they're they're on a disused runway there. Uh, and the first thing that we see is kind of a crane shot that goes up Heidi's, uh, legs, yep. uh, in, in short shorts. She's taking over, uh, quite literally the Pamela Anderson role here. Yes. In that, uh, she's the flag waver. Um, yes. That 
Pam was last season. Yeah, right, and right on remember down to... Remember Pamela Anderson was on the show? I, you know, I remember that we talked about Pamela Anderson a lot. I don't remember <laughs> what it used to connect One to. One season without her, and I've completely forgotten about her. We ha- we gave her a corner. We read her books. <laughs> they're, they're behind you, right underneath the license plate. Uh, also, I think she's sitting on the same observation chair that That's Pamela right. Anderson yeah, the, was like, the little lifeguard one. chair. Yes. Uh... But, yeah, so she is there, and uh, she, you know, there's a bunch of shots of Tim and Bob Vila in their car. Bob Vila's car is like a yellow, did they, like, Al said what the cars were called, but. It's a 1946 uh, Pontiac Speedster. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. With, in, in hot yellow. Yeah, yeah, which makes it go faster. <laughs> uh, yeah, mustard yellow, the color of a good-ass condiment. So, they uh, yeah, they they get in their cars, there's a whole bunch of shots of them looking at each Very, other. Yeah, it's kind of glorified, revving up your engines, start your, you know, yeah. engines and other uh, engine-y things. Yes. Um, and I, I it prompted a question for me to yes. ask you. Yes, ask. So, we've talked many times on the show about the Andretti's. Yes, the brothers, yes, those two famous <laughs> brothers. Um so what's weird to me is that the bro- the god, you got me saying it now. The, the brother an- from another mother? The Andretti's were on home improvement, which is weird. Yet Bob Vila is the one that's racing a car on home improvement being a home improvement personality. That is weird. So my question to you is first, who's the better actor? The Andretti's or Bob Vila? Bob Vila, by a mile. Who's the better driver? Uh, well, I haven't seen the Andretti brothers drive, but I'm going to go ahead and say Bob Vila. <laughs> okay. If their acting is anything like their driving. Now, who's the better home improver? The Andretti brothers. Ooh, wow. Yeah, last minute shock. They Their house <laughs> is beautiful, and they built it all themselves by hand. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Carter needs to reach out to them instead. I, seriously, yeah. No, they, they, homelessness wouldn't be an issue if he'd no. reached out to the Andretti brothers instead <laughs> of uh, Tim. Also, you know who I really want to see Tim race a hot rod against? Jimmy Carter. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Because honestly, I think Tim could also learn a lot about humility from Was- Jimmy Carter. Was Jimmy Carter a car racer? No, no, no. Just oh. I just would really like to see Jimmy Carter race Tim Allen in a hot rod. <laughs> Tell me that wouldn't be awesome. That would be awesome. Uh, let's get a whole celebrity race with Paul Newman and Jay Leno and other uh, yeah big uh, race car drivers. And we will call them the Wacky Racers. <laughs> Look it up, Landon. I promise it was a show. I am referencing something. <laughs> I, I, I trust you, buddy. That's mistake. <laughs> Uh, and we get, so now here becomes my problem. This is where I wrote we we completely abandoned the fundraiser for this. Yeah, they build up to this whole race and it's nothing. It just it starts and it ends in like five seconds. That is the problem with drag races, but they do spend more time showing us Heidi's legs <laughs> and Air. and the inside of the cars yeah. than they do the race. And in defense of that, Heidi's legs look objectively speaking look great, but. Yeah, the the race itself, the cars are just next to each other, driving along next to each other the whole time. Truman explains what drag racing is, <laughs> and then... I like that you have your hands out, and you're staring at them as if you're demonstrating to our listeners. I'm sorry, I need to put them closer to the yeah, mic. Yeah, put them over the yeah, mic so they yeah, can see. Yeah, there, yeah, okay, and then great. not hear my words. <laughs> now you just look like a cat, and you're going to paw at the microphone. Yeah, I know, or, or, or a bunny hopping forward, if you <laughs> if you go with that, uh, that visual. Uh, so... They, yeah, they, they just drive and drive and drive, and then Bob Vila noses him out, going across the finish line, and we get a checkered flag transition right to the garage, and it's like, what the fu- 
we're barely there. The finish line, too, also not real. I mean, it was oh, just put like, in, in post. It was like the yellow line in a football game. Just Yeah, I, so I wondered if uh, maybe the scene went on longer and they just cut it short and used a, an overhead shot to end the, the scene out on. Or they snuck onto the runway at Bob Hope Airport between flights and were just like, go, 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 fast as you can. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Um, so this transition is back to the garage where Tim is wiping down uh, the hot rod. Yeah. And he is, you know, Jill comes in and is kind of like, are you okay? Because you lost mm-hmm. to Bob Vila. And, and Tim's t- like, yeah, what's going on? What are you talking about? Nothing, nothing wrong with me. Hey, Gabagool. <laughs> and uh, Jill says, I like it when you're deluded. You're much easier to deal with. I agree. Um, <laughs> hey, but this is where Tim says the thing that I like. Yeah. And is explaining that, you know, I could have beat Bob Vila. I just, I just didn't. And he explains... Uh, he could have won like they were neck and neck and then coming up to the finish line he knows that he could have pulled ahead if he'd pushed his car into the red zone but he said you know but i hadn't you know i this is the first time i'd taken the car out the engine hadn't been broken in yet it could have exploded and he says vila bought his hot rod i spent three years building this one i'm not gonna risk it all over one race yeah it's like wow yeah that that's okay for all the bullshit about uh, men want you know you've got to put barbed wire in your toilet seat to be a man. <laughs> that is what manhood is. Yeah, that is being a man, showing restraint and maturity. Yes, it's like the, you know, just having the maturity to see the thing that I want most is just going to endanger me and other people probably and yeah. set me back. So I'm not going to do it. <clears throat> Great. Yeah. Wonderful lesson to learn. Now, I do have a question about this lesson. Yes. Which is, it's undermined a little bit by, um, they just throw Bob Vila under the bus. <laughs> They're you... learning their lesson at the expense of Bob Vila in this episode. Well, what do you mean? Bob Vila still wins the race. He wins the race, but the lesson learned of restraint and whatever is like, Bob Vila just, he, he, you know, it doesn't mean anything to him. You know, I put time and energy into it. So they're they're turning Bob Vila into this, like, superficial figure, this diva, if you will, of, like... <laughs> Bob Diva. <laughs> um, I just, it, I found it very interesting that they're... <laughs> Tim is learning lessons at the expense of Bob Vila. Yeah. Uh... Not, not, he should be, he should be learning home improvement lessons from him. Just by watching the show, but... Typically, Tim learns lessons at the expense of his family and loved ones, though. So, I'm okay with it, honestly. Just right. the, like, you know, yes, he's throwing someone under the bus, but it's at least a wealthy celebrity he himself is not related to sure. or close okay. friends with. Um, So, yeah, but then he opens up the rumble seat and invites Joel to get into it and make out with him. And I said to you on the couch, and I'll say it right here, it's weird that he even built a fuck spot into the car. And I will retort, it's not that weird. <laughs> he did it in his house. He's been working on this car for sure. three years. They've already fucked under the car. <laughs> Why not right. fuck in the car now that it's yeah. done? Why not break it in? You got those leather seats for a reason. Uh, you also, of course, need to mention the audience reaction to this because it visibly upset you. They just, like, okay, so they start, <laughs> they start making out. Well, okay, actually, for, they get in the back seat. And Tim, put, Tim puts his arm around Jill, and then Jill says, wait, gotta spit out my gum. She turns and spits gum out onto the floor of the garage. I like that. That was cool. <laughs> she turns, and they start making out, and the camera starts panning down the back of the car. And the crowd is like, like, woo, yeah, yeah, yeah! 
I'm like, what are they doing? It's turning into some Tijuana live sex show all of a sudden. Like, why are they going so nuts? It, they did get a little, uh, little rowdy. I yeah. Well, the audience did. I don't know if Tim and Jill did. <laughs> and yeah, so it pans all the way down, and yep. then we go to our stinger. Yep, which is essentially a highlight reel of all of the important moments throughout the series so far of Tim working on the hot rod. I wouldn't call it a highlight reel so much as just a light reel, in that it is just <laughs> every time the hot rod has been on screen, basically. <laughs> yeah. Shots of that, of them building it and working on it, including shots from this episode, in case you forgot yeah. the things that happened very recently. And I'll tell you what. It's intended I'll tell you what. <laughs> its intended purpose was to kind of drum up some nostalgia. And it worked on me, but not in the way that uh, it was intended. Yeah. It w- Watching, going all the way back to season one and watching, you know, Mark and Brad cut the tailpipe with the thing at the beginning of season two and the rights and wrongs of passage and mm-hmm. seeing uh, Joe Morton knock off the grill and ah, Joe. all of those things really made me wistful and a little, little, little verklempt uh, thinking back on our show. And all Aww. the episodes and riffs that we did off of these these little moments. We're gonna do, we should do a supercut of us talking about the hot rod <laughs> that you can play yeah, right. over that. And uh, it it made me aware of something mm-hmm. that I, I guess have uh, five seasons to prep for, but uh, it's gonna based on my reaction to just this thirty seconds. I'm going to weep like a little baby when this show's over. <laughs> Not because of saying goodbye to Home Improvement, but saying goodbye to home, uh, Grunt Work. Yeah, well, I mean, there will always be other podcasts, Landon. True, I mean, but, there's, you know, there's 22 seasons of Cheers and Frasier. <laughs> you never forget your first. I know. That's very true. That's very true. It will be... It will be the end of an era, but, but fortunately slash unfortunately, this era has more than half... <laughs> To go, like, we yeah, we still have two and a half years, so uh, I, I have a long time to to steal my nerves. Yes, turn off all emotions. Yes, you have not not just steal your nerves, but then also chrome out your nerves <laughs> and supercharge your nerves yes. and give them more power. Oh, oh, oh. Um, so oh, that's our episode. Do you have <laughs> anything else you want to go over? Uh, I do want to go over the fact that in this episode, Tim grunted yeah. six times. I was going to go into the grunt count. Crown. Uh, crown. I can't say that word. The grunt crown. That's just, the, I think we're going to have to start calling it that. Um, six times. Okay, so there were five that we were um, debating on the couch and we had to go back and, and count. What's the, what's, oh shit, no, I'm sorry. It is five times. I had it in my oh, head. Oh, that, that was the only time that it occurred was with Randy. Yes, yes. There, there was some back and forth on that. But yes, all of the grunts happen in the scene where Tim is grunting with Randy. And the five that we counted are just Tim's grunts because we're not counting other grunts. <laughs> It's been a while since we put that uh, warning out there. I and you know what the the fan letters asking about that have not subsided. <laughs> um, you know what's interesting? Oh wait, we're back to five. We're not at six. I was yeah. gonna say six is a, a number that I don't think we've ever had before. Oh yeah. Um, but you teased me, and now I have uh, grunt blue balls. Well, good thing the show's over, so we can start <laughs> dealing with that. Not we, you. Oh God. Uh, yeah. Also, I don't think I can say with any certainty that we haven't had six before. I mean, I'm in charge of the grunt count, and even I can't remember episode to episode how many we have. I have to put it into the newsletter, though. I don't ever remember typing six. Oh, okay. And you would remember hitting that key on your keyboard that you hit probably hundreds of times a day. I have a weird visual memory. That? If I if I go through the action, I'm not saying for certain, but you know, I have a pretty good. Inkling. I, I would concede immediately if I was proven wrong, but I don't believe we've had six before. You're you're Grunt Columbo. You can just you can just catch everything. <laughs> um 
So uh, if you don't have anything else, let me just cover some end of the season stuff. Yeah, and cover then, it. Uh, we'll go into the outro and get the fuck out of here. That that's great. Thanks for giving me a preview of what's going to happen. <laughs> that's the bullet point. That's the agenda. Stay here we tuned. Go. Um, so this has been the season three season finale. We still have two more episodes left to go. Uh, for grunt work, home improvement season three is done. Yes, but uh, school's out for summer. Grunt work season three uh, is is still in progress. The most important part of the season has yet to come. <laughs> so what you can expect from us next week is our interactive audio commentary, as voted by you guys. Is it just interactive because they chose which one we do? No, it's interactive because they get to pause the commentary. Oh, and, yes, yes. You know, yes. they interact with the commentary itself. Oh, okay, okay. But it's not like they can comment back on us and we respond to them in real time. We haven't got that set up Not, yet. Not quite yet. If yeah. we ever do anything live, live streaming, maybe we should up a, a, a Twitch stream or something. Oh, in yeah, the yeah, yeah. We should just do a Fortnite of Home <laughs> Improvement. Because really, who, Tim Allen would love Fortnite, a game I am led to believe is about building things and also shooting people with guns. And microtransactions? I think microtransactions are part of it. Okay. I, think, I think bitcoins and, uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that's all. <laughs> um, so the episode that you guys chose was the Halloween episode. Huzzah! Yeah, so uh, crazy for you. Uh, I don't know if you remember. It's the one with Rose, the the mysterious stranger after Tim. The the huge elaborate prank. Yep. Uh, so that is going to be our audio commentary, which you can expect uh, next week. And after that is the season three super spectacular. Yeah. And off. Yeah. Um. So for that one, uh, we're still working on some, some some things for that, but it's pretty much going to follow suit to the past spectaculars. But it'll so be you don't a, have to listen. Be a good old time, but um, you know you can still submit your questions. We're doing an ask us anything. Yes, uh, we already have a couple questions in the pipeline, so um, that'll be fun. But please get them in. We'll we'll answer all questions that you guys have. But don't put too many questions in the pipeline because if the pipeline breaks and spills, we're going to have to clean it up, and the environmental damage from all of your questions questions is going to be catastrophic uh yeah so so uh submit responsibly thank you for just for just avoiding that pipeline joke that did not deserve any recognition (laughs) um I guess uh, that's I don't don't, that's what you have in uh, timeline wise um, we're going to be out um, on Christmas Day and New Year's Day both fall on Tuesdays which is when we release episodes so it's um, a Christmas and New Year's miracle for us yeah you guys will get no grunt work those weeks but uh, we'll be back with season four at the beginning of 2019 I feel like that feels like a a kind of serendipitous new start sort of deal new year new grunt work season New year, new us, which is what I remember saying at the beginning of this year when we were recording. Gosh, was it still season two? Do you feel like a new person? I guess, but but not like an improved person, just like a newer version of the same crappy person. <laughs> okay, I'll do. I'll, I'll take that. Um, do you have anything else you want to go over? Uh, you know what? No, I think I am pretty much good. The only thing I would say is that if you want to watch a 90s family sitcom about a conservative man uh, trying to reconcile his conservative masculine values with a changing world, King of the Hill! <laughs> you know, I might pick that up soon. It's, it is, honestly, Landon, I would tease it right now. I would do a King of the Hill podcast with you because that show is treasure. I like it as much as Cheers right now. 
that might fade off in a bit. Anyway. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Okay. Well, um, we really appreciate you guys listening. If you uh, really want to help uh, the show find more listeners, you can always leave us a review or a rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, and remember that with each rating, we won't tell Randy that Bob Vila kicked your butt yet again. Because <laughs> uh, Randy will just have a snarky comment to throw right back in your face. To be fair. And then you lose twice. Yes. But no, no matter what you do, Randy will have a snarky comment to throw back in fair. your face. We're not offering yeah. you much. We're just telling you, avoid Randy. Yes. Yes. Uh, you can find informations about <laughs> informations. All of your informations. <laughs> about today's show uh, on our website, which is www.decoratworkpodcast.com. Dot com. Nice. Uh, you gave that a dramatic pause, just like Randy Taylor. Thank you. I And I stared at you without moving or blinking for the entire time, which is what really does it. <laughs> That's what brings it home. While you're on our website, you can sign up for our weekly newsletter to be notified whenever a new episode is released. Uh, receive exclusive trivia. Get the grunt count hint. I've changed it. I'm not just stating the grunt count anymore. Really? I am now giving you a hint as to what the grunt count number is, and you have to listen to the episode to find out. That's going to that's gonna juice our numbers, because we've probably got hundreds of thousands of people just going straight to the, to the <laughs> newsletter to get that juicy info. I figured, you know, people are listening to the show only to get the grunt count, so why not just tease it so they have to listen to it? Because if I'm giving it away in the newsletter, they're not going to listen to the episode. It's like, why buy the cow if you can get the milk for free? Out of a... Creamer, the, what I what the fuck is it's, the name of that it's, thing? It's a it's a I think it's, it's a, a creamer. creamer. Is it a boat? No, because not a boat. That's you get a gravy. Gravy is in a boat. Gravy's in a boat. Uh, shame on your Thanksgiving if you're putting gravy in the little cow creamer. I think I would call it a cow creamer. I really would. But a creamer isn't a dish. Yeah, it could be both things. I'm gonna look this up. I'm gonna have this information ready creamer, to go for season four. A creamer could be the dish that holds cream, and then they started making coffee creamer separately. The creamers, the, a creamer as a dish or a cream distribution technology most likely existed before whoever the hell was making specialized coffee creamer. And funny enough, in season seven, we actually find out its first name, which is Cosmo Creamer. Uh, lastly, you can join in the conversation by hitting us up on Twitter or Facebook, which you can find us at GruntWorkPod. Uh, and with that, I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps. And uh, we're going to get to that place where we really want to go. We'll walk in the sun. But till then, tramps like us, baby, we were born to run. <sighs> Landon, you're always going to be the boss. See you next week, folks. Uh-huh.